Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We've got uh, Bob Hastings sitting here with us, who has uh, taken his uh, some time out of his busy schedule to uh, sit down with us. and uh, Busy schedule of doing nothing. It's very hard to fill this in. <laughs> <laughs> We are here at the Friends of Old Time Radio Convention here in Newark, New Jersey. Um, let's start the questioning, Bob. How did you get started in show business? How did I get started? Well, actually, John, a teacher heard me sing in school. Okay. Singing at assembly. I even remember singing Home on the Range. Nobody ever went home since then. Well, but <laughs> she heard me sing and decided that I should be on radio. This was about 1936. And... Uh, her mother took me around, and I auditioned, and I started uh, singing on Nick Kenny, WMCA. Nick Kenny had a Daily Mirror radio show. It's before your time, John. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick Kenny had a column in the Daily Mirror. Okay. And he had this show every Saturday morning for one hour. And I started as a kid singer there. Cool. That's the way it started, and here we are. So uh, that was your, your basically your first job in radio. Yes, that was the first job. Yes, no pay, but first job. Well, that's a lot of people you could call it an internship, couldn't you? Sure, sure. And then now, actually, uh, from there, where I really started, I was there for a couple of years, and then I auditioned for Madge Tucker, Coast to Coast on a Bus. That was at NBC. Mm-hmm. When there was not two networks, it was one network. NBC was WEAF and WJZ. Okay. And yeah. I started singing there and then started doing lines. She had a Saturday morning show called Our Barn, which is never as popular as uh, Let's Pretend, but we did the same thing. We did children's uh, stories. Children's mm-hmm. stories. And then I just started acting and from there went into soap operas, and that was it. Hmm. So, well, that, that was your transition from singing to acting. Did, yes. did you go back to the singing at all? Oh, yeah. I, always, I still sang on Coast to Coast on a Bus. Uh, that was every Sunday morning from 9 to 10. People mm-hmm. will remember the name Milton Cross. Milton Cross was the MC, And um, Madge Tucker wrote it, directed it, produced it, did everything. And we all learned. But we put in a lot of hours with these scripts. You know, mm-hmm. The Sunday morning show was all singing, but you had lines going up to it. We were on a on a bus, coast to coast on a bus, and we'd go, you know, say, oh, yeah, look at that. There's the Rocky Mountains, and somebody would sing a song about the mm-hmm. mountains, and that's what we did for many years. I did that till I went in the service in 1943. Okay. I did that, and then I did Pretty Kitty Kelly, Hilltop House, Nora Drake. Oh, soap operas. Mm-hmm. All the soap operas, yeah. Now, you, you're in... Um 
toward the end of the golden age of radio. Yes, don't bring it up. I get so upset. Well, no, I, no, I shouldn't have said the word end because, um, yeah, no. because of this convention, yeah, because of yeah. Yesterday USA Radio, and uh, many other reasons that uh, it's alive and well. Well, it's and the best. I've enjoyed radio more than anything from a standpoint of, I feel, the best actors I worked with were radio actors. Mm-hmm. Well, you had to be an actor, John. Nobody well, saw yes. that you were six Well, you can't just stand something. there and read a script you and had read it. To, you had to be an actor, and people had to believe what you were doing. As I think I heard Agnes Moorhead used to do her Sorry Wrong Number, or, or a lot oh, of yes. her, especially yeah. that script. Mm-hmm. She did it so, I mean, she she, she almost tore her hair out. Oh, she, yeah. Her clothes yeah, were well, all messed, and she collapsed on the table when she was done with it. You know, oh, so oh, uh, that's a little overdramatic, but... Uh, well, it no, uh, but, uh, makes for a great performance. But though. you had to be you had to be able to act. I mean, nobody saw what you looked like. I mean, today looks, I mean, you look at... Some of the shows that you mm-hmm. watch, you can look at some soap operas and say, my gosh, how do these people, you know, get these jobs? Yeah. They learn on the job because they're beautiful and they're young and what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's television and that's movies. That's right. Now, like I said, towards uh, later in the 50s, you did some X-1. Oh, I did a Which lot is of uh, what yeah. I know you. Uh, yeah, after the war, there one was, of the it was I Dimension X, X minus one, which were kind of the same show. But yeah. I don't know where Here's they the part, changed the name, you know. Well, the 1950, 1950, I think, it was Dimension X, then down the road okay. in 55 or so, they changed mm-hmm. to X minus one. I think they did a lot of the same stories. Uh, yeah, again, it was the same so. type of stuff. It was all out of space, kind of. But, uh, yeah, I did a lot of those. I did a lot of Cavalcades. They were good shows, Cavalcade of America. Mm hmm. It used to be an hour show, and that's a that's a funny bit considering it was radio, that we did it from a theater, and we had an orchestra, mm-hmm. and the men wore tuxedos, okay. and the women wore evening dresses. Ah, you know, so formal attire. But you're also playing to an audience too, yep. right? So we had an audience. Yeah. So you're dressing for the them. And they were doing it at the theater across from the Lambs Club. Oh boy, the Belasco Theater. Okay. It's on Forty Fourth Street. See, you don't remember this. You're just a child. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm pushing 36 here. So, oh, uh, oh my goodness! I'm twice your age. That's age, frightening. Age is just <laughs> a number, right. though, Bob. So they tell <laughs> it's just me. Just a number. As long as you it's think what, young, you will be. It's so. what they put on your gravestone. The numbers. <laughs> <laughs> now you did. Um, this is a nasty word here, of course, but you did go into television. Oh yeah. Oh, we didn't mention Archie Andrews, you know, which I did <laughs> oh, for okay. ten years. Right. You know, it's, I still do Archie here at these conventions at this old age, but yeah, I did that right after the war till it went off the air. Can you but, still do an Archie impression? Uh, or? Well, we do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I have a cold now, but hello, Jughead. This is Archie. Come over right away. It's a matter of life or death, <laughs> or something like okay. that. Send money, folks. Um, yeah, I went into television. I'll tell you, kind of interesting, the first television I ever did was in 1939, Experimental, at NBC with Madge Tucker, on the third floor at NBC, the, uh, what was it, Radio City, the, mm-hmm. what was it, the Radio City building? No, what was it, the... Radio City Music Hall? No, 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 no. I, isn't that awful? The mind is gone. But anyhow, that's what we did, and we wore almost a grayish makeup. And you talk about mm. hot, even hot, before, the lights too, even right? it yeah. was hotter than it was when we went into live, you know, doing TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was Madge Tucker again. That was the same group of young kids and what have you. So the bro- the broadcast probably didn't go more than. Oh no no uh, no no no! That was just experimental. They yeah. would just do it for their own, you know, to see who melted. 
It yeah. wasn't until like 10 years later that TV yeah, really started kill the kids. To, you know, no. if the kids die, we won't let the adults do it. <laughs> <laughs> if the lights kill them. But no, it was it was fun. Yeah, I did a lot of television. Live television was good, too. Yeah. You had I, to be I a respect, good actor to do live. I respect the people that did that mm. because I look at things like uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight, written oh, by Rod yes. Serling. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. doing all that live and not slipping up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you look at... I was listening to somebody talking about, like, you do a, an hour TV show that takes two weeks or mm-hmm. more, some of them. You know, and you think, my gosh, we did an hour show live. You did rehearse. Exactly. But then you, uh, you did it live. And that was always, it's funny, I always think if I should look terribly old from doing live TV, because every time you did a live TV show, your career was on the line. I mean, if you did something really terrible, yeah. you know, you would, uh, you're out of work. The only place evident that I remember seeing a lot of mistakes that went out on the air was Dark Shadows. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember soap the opera? show. Yeah, the soap opera. Yeah. It was shot uh, not live, but live on tape. Yeah. So, like, one take, and if uh, Jonathan Fritz screwed in. up his line, it went out on the air, and a lot of these survived. Yeah. And you got to remember, I think they did one so. every day. Yeah. Live, you know. So Learning a half-hour script like every you, day, so there to be like respected. You have a, you know, a lot of eight work. hours of rehearsal or ten hours of rehearsal. Right. You know, but uh, live television was good. And then, then I went, when did I go to California? I went out to do a pilot for Paramount in 1960. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed and I guess and did a lot of the, oh God, the, what do you call the old shows? And Green Acres and. Mikhail's Navy, right? Oh, Mikhail's Navy from 62 to 66, yeah. That was probably. The most fun I've had was working with Joe Flynn, who played Captain Binghamton. Michael, Michael, oh, he was wonderful. <laughs> he was, to me, the, the best talent on the show. You know. He really wasn't, in, in actuality, he wasn't really as crabby. Uh, oh, no, as, no, no, no. Joe was a, that was a great guy. We were very close friends. I was, lost him at an early age. I don't, he didn't hit 50. Mm, I don't think he so. died he just die before. Young, yeah. And Joe, it's so funny because, uh, not that I look young, but Joe was like five months older than I was. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, stand close to me. I look so good at the same age as you. Because <laughs> he got gray and he's... Uh, but good guy, good guy. So are you still active? I mean, are you still... Uh, I haven't things? done anything on camera in a long time. I do some voiceovers, and I guess the most prominent one would be there's a cartoon series of Batman okay. that's uh-huh. on every day, and I'm the voice of Commissioner Gordon. Okay, All right. So we just finished doing a bunch of new ones of those, and I don't know if we'll ever do any more, but I, I don't know how many we've done. I didn't do them all. They Probably all in all, we've done over 100, maybe a little over 100, and I probably did about 70, 75. Now, when you go in to read for these, mm-hmm. like the Batman, do you just um, just read a whole bunch of lines off and well, they, they do them it in, differently or? than the way we did, you know, radio. I mean, you, you, you everybody has his own little almost booth mm-hmm. and his own track. Right. So everybody's on a, a different track. I don't particularly like it. I liked radio where you're looking at the actor. Even though you're reading it, you yeah. still can, you know, get eye contact and say something. But no, we all, and, and most of them, you just sit down like I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. And I like to stand up. I do they, like do to, they show you the, the video while you're no, no, doing no, that? No, so no, you can, no, no. Okay. They do, they have, I guess, the director... Uh, Andrea Romano, she's wonderful, good director. This gal knows her stuff and knows how to mm-hmm. treat actors and how to handle them and get the best out of them. But um, they, uh, 
sometimes you don't do it with everybody. I mean, I was uh, away at one time doing something else, and I came back and did my own part by myself. Uh-huh. You know, and there's nobody to talk to, nobody to work with. But that's all right. You know, they're very accommodating if you have something else to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. Good people. Boy, we've had some really good people on that show. And it's well done, mm-hmm. I think. I think even the uh, animation of it is uh, is a pretty good class of animation. Yeah, a friend of mine likes it, and he's my age. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's it's not... Well, I, I, I must say, John, I, I have ten grandchildren, and I would say the little ones, it's a little frightening for them. Yeah, I mean, some of the you animation know, I, is not made for kids. I, I mean, mean it's there's got some violence in it, and there's... Uh, some of the sillier uh, stuff, like Ren and Stimpy, and oh, yeah. things like that. You They're know who's wonderful on that? For an adult audience. Is uh, Mark Hamill plays the Joker. Okay. Uh-huh. And he he's wonderful. He's good. Everybody, I mean, people, fellow who plays Batman is is good. Yeah. But uh, I just get a kick out of the, the Joker. We had Ronnie McDowell played the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we they used so they're getting some major people. voices oh, oh, there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, it's a good job. They pay you well, so mm-hmm. everybody's happy to do it. That's good. Now, you've been... Uh, Actually, before I ask you that, do you have any anecdotes? Any? I like to ask this of folks that we interview. When you're, especially in radio or maybe live TV, where something may have gone wrong, and it was. Uh, oh yeah, yes. Well, there are you know any number of. The first one that comes to my mind. I used to do a show just before I went in the service in '43 called "The Adventures of the Sea Hound" with Captain Silver and Jerry, mm-hmm. and I played Jerry. And our announcer was Hugh Downs. Okay. And mm-hmm. a very fine actor, Juan Hernandez, played uh, a villain for this sequence of maybe a month or two months. Uh-huh. And in those days, the announcer stood at a little thing against the wall, you know, and he pushed the button and said, you know, ABC presents the adventures of the Sea Hound with Sea Hound with uh, Captain Silver and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And just as we went on the air... Juan Hernandez burped, and it just came, I mean, right. And Hugh Downs got through, you know, oh, the Everest Seahound and Jerry. And he opens the door and goes out into the control room, and you can hear him laughing. And he's got the opening narration. Oh, boy. And I have he's the gotta, first line. He's got to compose himself yeah. real quick. So yeah. he, he doesn't. He doesn't come out. He's in there on hysterics like I can. So oh, I had the first lines of the show after the narration mm-hmm. as Jerry and going through the jungle and, you know, all upset. And I did the narration. I read the narration and said, you know, and we are in so, and, you know, just changed a couple of words. Did you do it in character? And I'm now or? running through the building and okay. went into, and then they're all laughing in the control room. And when I got through, it's like, you know, I was a, I was about 18 years old. I mean, you don't do this. This is That's a good business. save, though, on your part, you know? though, you know. Oh, yeah. You but somebody else probably could have done it. And, and but then when way. I went into it, and I'm looking at them, <laughs> and I started to go, but I'm running through the jungle saying, Captain Silver, where are you? <laughs> And it, you know, so it sounded like he was scared well, to, to turn death a laugh and panic. Cry, it, it, oh, oh, do it right. You know. Oh, a lot of I, I, you know, off the cuff. That was that was kind <laughs> of funny. It was just it was another one that just slipped my mind. That was that was funny. You know, they did a thing once, uh, not to me, but Jack Kelk, who was on Superman, mm-hmm. who played uh, the kid, whatever his name is, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. 
and uh, on the air, uh, Bud Collier starts undressing him while he's doing his lines. (laughs) (laughs) The only other one was uh, we used to, being a sustaining show, if anybody remembers what a sustaining show was. No sponsor, yeah. No sponsor and Mm -hmm. much less money. And um, they had me in my character doing a promo, and it was for the United States crop car. (laughs) And we had an actor, Walter Vaughn, whose son is Robert Vaughn. But oh, Walter right. was the funniest guy. I mean, he, he played Tex. And he, so I have to do this. And before we went on air, he says, remember, say crop. Whatever you do, say crop. <laughs> you know, and I'll be there if you have a problem. He stood right beside me at the mic. And I'm doing, <laughs> join the United States Crop Corps. And you know, John, you get those. Did I say it right? Yeah. And I had to say it three or four times. And, but I got through it. But he was there, you know. Spoonerisms do happen. And, oh, yes. Uh, some oh, of them yeah. are rather embarrassing. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can think <laughs> of some which I can't tell. But, well, uh, it's a family family channel here, so yeah, we'll, no, we'll, but, uh, <laughs> we'll leave the, those out. But. I remember once on Captain Silver, the captain had a line, I've got the bow by the horns. And he didn't say horns. And he swore <laughs> after it. And we said, do you know what you said? And he <laughs> said, no, imagine. I said bow by the horns. He said, no, you didn't. And that was it. You know. <laughs> What else can I do for you, John? I mean, um, you're paying me so much money here. I mean, I really can't just, you know, go on like I'll this. I'll double I mean, the pay. Whatever. You know, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> Wasn't there a show called that, Double or Nothing? Yes. <laughs> How often have you been coming to the conventions like this? I guess, I guess I've been coming to this one probably seven or eight years. And I missed one. I was busy at the time doing a show. But uh, they keep inviting me back till I get something right, you know. And I enjoy it. I am a New Yorker. I live on the coast now. Okay. But I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I come back, and it's great. They bring me back. And then I, when my mom and dad were alive, I would visit them. I still have a brother here uh-huh. who's on As the World Turns for those old ladies who watch soap operas. He's been Dr. Bob Hughes for about 35 years. Okay. And um, then I visit my wife has three sisters, so I get a trip to New York and I enjoy it. And I enjoy the people. I mean, this is this is like finding out people do remember you. And I'll tell you, there are people here who tell me of shows I did, and I tell them I never did that show. You just don't remember. I never well, did I, it. I, I can't show. And you then any... they send me a tape. And at the yeah. end, it's me. Uh-huh. And I know it's me when I hear it. But who can remember? Well, when you're an actor, especially like you, with the large body of work that you have done, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody that can remember every exact oh, syllable no. of no. every script oh, they've oh, ever Oh, I don't even remember. Done, you know. I don't remember theme songs from the soaps I did. I don't remember if somebody will say, oh, that was such a fine show. Don't you remember that one in 1948 or 49? Yeah. I don't know. You, you do them and you erase them and you go on to the next show. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was fun. It's oh, uh, soap operas were fun, and then I did eight years on General Hospital. Okay, was, uh-huh. with Luke and Laura, I was there during that. And during that I mean, big oh, phase, that yeah. Was, I, somebody told. Well, I know that they used to have some colleges had a course in uh, oh, really? whatever they called it. I don't know, but they used to listen to uh, Luke and Laura One Hundred One, General Hospital, and maybe critique it or something, but. That's what's happened to the world I live in, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, um, that, that's about all I think that's we it? had to add. I think we've, we've uh, I mean, covered quite a bit here. you brought me up here to the top of the Empire State Building to do this. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Well, it was it's nice. only kidding. We're on the fourth floor yeah. of the Holiday Inn North. Sorry. It was nice chatting, and I thank you for wanting to talk to me. It brings back wonderful memories to me. Thank you. Well, thank you, Bob, for your time.